Welcome to Mastering Midlife with Heidi. I'm Heidi, certified hypnotist and mindset coach, and in this podcast, I'm breaking down my secret code for midlife success. Are you trying to overcome people-pleasing behaviors, navigating divorce, living in debilitating self-doubt, or something else keeping you stuck? You're in the right place. I know that you're ready to get to the next level of your life feeling happy and fulfilled, so let's get started. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Mastering Midlife with Heidi. As I've gotten older, I've realized that this trip here on Earth isn't about getting somewhere in particular. It's to feel like I'm mastering life a little more one day at a time. And my hope is that these episodes help you feel more present and at peace in your life too. I heard somewhere that mastering something requires breaking that thing down into the simplest components and then deliberately acting on each one of the elements. I figure we can do that with each and every component of our lives. So in these bite-sized episodes, my intention is to break down things we humans do that make life so damn hard. Many of us were taught that life is a struggle, that you have to do lots of hard things to be successful, and that what other people think and how you look is important. So I'm breaking things down into small bits to help us master life one little piece at a time, because nobody ever ate an elephant in one sitting. So now on with this episode. I got on the scale the other day, as I do almost every morning, and I heard this voice say, that's not okay. It was such an automatic response that seemed to come from outside of me, like someone else had said it, and it really surprised me. I remember reacting almost as if someone was in my bathroom with me. As many of you know, a few months ago, I found myself in a state of overwhelm, and I realized I was in burnout. And I talk about that in episode 12 if you want to go back and listen to my burnout and lack of boundaries story. But when we're in any state of stress, like burnout, it's easy to fall back into old patterns. Negative self-talk and thinking I'm not doing enough or not doing good enough is an old pattern for me, one that I've mostly overcome and I have tools to use when it does rear its ugly head. But when the body and brain are living in fight or flight, like when we're in burnout or overwhelm, Logical decision-making centers in our brains shut down in order to give all available resources, like our blood supply, to the other parts of the body, like our extremities, to make sure we survive the perceived attack, the threat that the overwhelm represents. For example, when we perceive we're in any kind of danger, such as not having enough time to complete a big task or project, Our body isn't worried about digesting food or logically processing information. It's worried about survival. So it sends resources to the parts of our body needed to stay alive, our arms for fighting or our feet and legs for fleeing. This is what happened to me on that recent morning when I stepped on the scale and heard the voice say, that's not okay. Because I was still recovering from my burned out state, My body still had at least one toe in fight or flight mode. My nervous system was still somewhat on edge. And the simplest things like seeing a number on the scale could easily set my mind spinning into a state of not feeling safe. 
It's funny how and what our mind and body can perceive as danger, and I'll go into that a little bit later in this episode. The huge difference this time for me was my immediate awareness of the voice and stopping it from continuing, realizing it was an old pattern, an old thought, and that I had the choice to believe that thought or not. I told myself that beating myself up about a number on a scale did me absolutely no good and that I was doing the best I could. I told myself that that voice came from a very old part of me that used to believe my value was determined by random variables, such as how much I weighed. And continuing to believe in those variables and other random thoughts creates the perceptions we have about ourselves. That's what we're talking about in today's episode. I'll share with you how these negative perceptions develop and why we end up holding on to them, even when we know they're not benefiting us. And I'm giving you one thing to look at to start mastering so that you can let go of the negative perceptions once and for all and start unconditionally loving and accepting the person you see in the mirror each and every time you look. Stay tuned until the end when I challenge you with a simple but radical exercise that will have you looking at your reflection in the mirror in a brand new way. Be warned, this episode and exercise may cause you to smile and wink at yourself from today forward. Ready? Let's dive in. I've had numerous clients lately tell me in a coaching session that one thing they really struggle with is liking the person they see in the mirror. Truly liking and loving themselves like they do a dear friend. And I can relate. I've despised the reflection staring back at me, sometimes not only because of the wrinkles or dimples in what are considered inappropriate places by society, or because of the extra weight I was carrying, but also because of shame and guilt I was carrying around about things I'd done or said in the past. So we look in the mirror and we see this physical form, the body, And seeing that reflection triggers thoughts and stories and beliefs well below the surface, far deeper than what we're physically seeing. Where do these thoughts and stories and beliefs come from? What causes us to dislike or even despise our reflection? Most of it stems from childhood. When we're born and until about the age of seven, we are basically blank slates, Our brains are like little sponges that take in everything we see, what we're told, what's exampled to us. We take it all in as truth. Essentially, we're programmed through our experiences. And it's as if our brains are like a computer without any software. And then the things you go through in your young life, at school, at home, at church, with friends, all of it becomes the software the program that then plays out in your life. And we live out those programs that we received. Shad Helmstetter, who wrote the book, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself, says, From the moment you were born, everything you heard, everything you thought, and everything you said out loud or to yourself was temporarily recorded in your brain. But if it was temporarily recorded, why didn't it go away as we got older? Here's why. If any of the messages you received were repeated frequently, they were actually physically and chemically wired into your brain. This is the programming. And like anything done with repetition, 
The more it's repeated, the stronger it gets wired in. That's how habits are formed. As you know, we can have bad habits as well as good habits. We can also have external habits as well as internal habits. External habits are behaviors that we repeat, like stress eating, which is bad, obviously, or working out, which is good. Internal habits are thoughts that we repeat, like, I'll never be able to do that, or wow, I did awesome. One creates a negative outcome, one a positive outcome, but either way, either one will become a habit if repeated enough. When we return after a short 60-second break, I'll be going over why it's so easy to focus our thoughts and self-talk on our perceived faults or flaws, like a number on the scale, instead of our positive qualities, so stay tuned. Are you ready for an unforgettable free summer challenge? Stressmas in July. It's unlike any other challenge and is the easiest non-challenging challenge you'll ever do. It'll take place in my private Facebook group, Mastering Midlife with Heidi. And to participate, all you do is take five minutes out of your day to watch a video I'll be sharing in the group. Each day, I'll provide practical tips and insights on how to find more peace in your life, even in areas you wouldn't expect. That's easy, right? But wait, it gets better. By sharing your video takeaways or ahas in the comments, you'll have the chance to win cash prizes and exclusive coaching. So mark your calendars for July 20th and get ready to join me in this fun, eye-opening challenge. Stressmas in July is an easy way to prioritize your well-being this summer. Don't miss out on this chance to find inner calm and win amazing prizes. Head over to the Facebook group today and claim your spot. The group link is in the episode description below. See you in the challenge. Welcome back. So why does it seem so easy to go to our perceived faults or flaws instead of looking at our positive qualities? Here's why. Studies estimate that during your first 18 years of life, even if you grew up in a reasonably positive home, 77% of the messages you received were negative. 77%. And like I said earlier, the messages that were repeated became your programming, and your programming is what runs your life. What if 77% of the directions that control a plane were programmed incorrectly? Nobody would want to be on that plane, but that's what's directing our life. That programming unless you've examined it and done work to download new programming, new software, those childhood messages are what's driving your life today. So how can we start loving what we see instead? I'm inviting you to master one thing. This one thing will have you truly loving and accepting that reflection you see in the mirror. And the one thing is to get completely 100% honest about your self-talk. What kind of bullshit negative stuff do you repetitively tell yourself? What kind of thoughts and words are you tolerating in yourself? Ask yourself this question and answer honestly. How many friends would I have if I talked to them the way I talk to myself? Whoa, ouch, right? So why do we think it's okay to talk to ourselves this way? 
Why do we tolerate beating ourselves up like this, even in ways that seem harmless, like saying, sheesh, I'm such a klutz, or saying under a breath, well, that was stupid, or that's not okay? My 92-year-old mom and I were playing cards last weekend, and she made a play that didn't benefit her very well. She realized it, and then she actually said out loud, well, that was stupid. The thing is, there's part of us that sometimes know we don't really believe it, that we're just joking, but two things about that. Has anyone ever said something a little snarky to you, and when you had a hurt reaction, they said, geez, lighten up, I was just joking? That's what you're saying to yourself. You're essentially putting yourself down for putting yourself down, even if you are joking. So you're further beating yourself up with your reaction to your own negative words. Can you see that? What a vicious cycle that can be. And the second thing about not really meaning it when we say it is your mind doesn't know you don't mean it. Your mind does not know the difference between real and imagined. And it doesn't know humor. So when you repeat negative things to yourself, even if you're joking, your mind believes them. And when you repeat them enough, they get programmed into your brain. The more you repeat these negative comments to yourself, the stronger the connection to that comment becomes in your brain. So it's not just in childhood that we're programmed. We're programming ourselves every day, every moment, either consciously or unconsciously. There's a phrase in neuroscience that says, neurons that fire together, wire together. Your brain is able to learn new stuff no matter how old you are through something called neuroplasticity. If something has plasticity, it can be reshaped, right? Like plastic wrap. Well, your brain has super high plasticity, meaning that it can take on new functions no matter how old you are. It's the way we learn and continue to learn as we age. So neurons that fire together, wire together, means the more you run a circuit or pattern, repetition in your brain, the more you repeat something, the stronger that pattern becomes. Eventually, it becomes a habit. And like I said earlier, these can be positive, such as practicing a sport or an instrument or how to speak in public, or these patterns can have negative outcomes, such as low self-esteem, resentment, stress feeling not good enough, overeating, procrastinating, and even weight gain. And these negative results can all come from continuing to talk negatively to the reflection you see in the mirror. What if a close friend told me something she was dealing with and struggling to overcome or find sense of, and I responded with, that's not okay, you can do better than that. My comment alone just adds to the already frustrated or hurt place that she's in. But that's exactly what we do to ourselves when we talk to ourselves this way. Were you told when you were young, if you can't say anything nice, then don't say anything at all? I don't know how many times I heard that phrase. But if we apply that to others, why don't we apply it to ourselves? So it's time to get 100% honest about your self-talk. Start mastering what you say to yourself. A place to start looking first is, 
Can you identify certain times or situations or people that trigger your negative talk? And keep in mind that you may not even be aware that you're doing it. Just like the voice that said, that's not okay, when I stepped on the scale, our thoughts and words can be so automatic, we don't even realize we have them. They're so automatic, like putting on your seatbelt, you don't even think about it. If you've tried and tried to change your self-talk, reach out. Saying you'll stop talking to yourself that way or that you'll start being positive is not enough. That doesn't rewire the brain. In order to rewire the brain, we have to erase and replace the negative thoughts. And hypnosis is the most absolutely amazing tool that has scientifically been proven to quickly rewire thought patterns that have been there for years, maybe all your life. I had a first session with a client the day I recorded this episode, and we uncovered a message that she was given growing up. She didn't realize it's now driving her life. The message she heard and experienced time and time again growing up was that nothing is ever quite good enough. Got four A's and one B, why not all A's? This is what got programmed in, and now this message runs in the background of everything she does. She's stressed out, has gained weight, stopped working out, and is struggling with procrastination and perfectionism, and numbing out by binge-watching TV and mindless eating. Her health has taken a hit, and she's frustrated and sad because she's in pain and can't physically do activities with her friends like she used to. She didn't realize that a message given to us in childhood could have an impact on us as an adult, but that's the power of the subconscious mind. And this makes it sound like our subconscious is our enemy, but it's simply doing its job, which is to do what we tell ourselves, what we repeat to ourselves. And if the message I repeat to myself is that nothing is ever quite good enough, that's what's driving my life. I started using hypnosis audios two years ago, and I feel a world of difference in the stuff I tell myself. My self-talk has done a 180, and the days of constantly berating myself for a number on the scale are gone, along with fears of not enough money, or am I going to be able to support myself with my own business? The fears just aren't there. And the times that they do creep in, I know I have the tools to handle them. Again, reach out. The first call is complimentary, and you get to have all your questions about what hypno-coaching is like. Plus, I'm fairly certain you'll have a breakthrough during our chat. Again, you have the power and choice to rewire your magnificent mind to work with you instead of against you, and I love helping my clients get this kind of transformation, and typically the rewiring happens in just a few sessions. So reach out. Let's have a conversation. At the beginning of this episode, I promised a simple but radical exercise that may have you smiling and winking at yourself every time you see your reflection in a mirror. This is called, I love my body because. Take a piece of paper and number it from 1 to 20. For each number, write something about your body that you love and the reason you love it. For this exercise, women tend to focus on body parts above the neck. 
Those are usually the easiest parts to love, but I invite you to write down the parts that you tend to negatively focus on and come up with a reason to love that part. For example, you might write, I love my breasts because they nourished my babies, or I love my butt because it allows me to move and hike and work out and dance. And don't forget all the internal parts you can't see. The outside is basically just the shell. Maybe you love your heart for all the feelings and emotions it allows you to give and receive. And let's face it, for beating and keeping you alive. Okay, go to work on your list, and I'd absolutely love if you share your takeaway in the comments of the episode or shoot me an email. My email address is in the episode description. I'll close with a quote from Naira Waid. And I said to my body softly, I want to be your friend. My body took a long breath and replied, I have been waiting my whole life for this. Until the next episode, remember that your brain believes what you tell it most. So tell it the things you want to be true, and that will become your reality. You are everything you choose to be. You are as limitless as the universe we're living in. Talk to you soon. Thank you for spending time with me today. To continue on your journey of mastering midlife, click the link in the description to download my free guide, 20 Ways to Say No Without Feeling Guilty. See you in the next episode.